Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Jesus used the Son of Man, referring to himself and sometimes in the third person, over 80 times in the Word of God, and it was more explicit of himself than any other title he uh, used for himself, Son of Man. Now, we're told that Son of God, that refers to Jesus' divinity. Son of Man, however, they said, of course, is uh, refers to his flesh, the fleshy human nature. We totally disagree. If that's the case, then John 3.13 would hold no value at all and would be alive. It would be divine flesh, which is an oxymoron. John 3.13. Now, we're going to refer to Jesus, the Son of Man, and after he talks about the unjust judge, he finally gets up, and he will avenge the woman speedily, talking about the opportunity of the prayer of the church, asking to be given you, secretly fine, not going to be open to you. And he talks about the unjust judge that will finally get up uh, that the widow uh, asked for, even though he's already uh, retired for the night. But then he states uh, uh, a profound declarative statement when he says, but when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, he refers to the Son of Man, not Son of God. And we're told the Son of Man just has to do with flesh. Take a look at John 3.13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now, that's not divine flesh. Matter of fact, it has nothing to do with flesh. The Son of Man has to do with the kingdom office. It is the, the kingdom office that includes the body of Christ also. Notice that when Jesus stated that, he said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he, speaking in the third person, find faith on the earth. Because it will include the body of Christ. He as the head, and we the body of the Christ. And it includes the Son of Man. He uses the Son of Man for judgment. And he says that judgment's given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man. But we also find that the saints of God are called as instruments of judgment in the day of the Lord. We find that in Psalm 149. To bind their kings and chains and nobles and fetters of iron, to render the vengeance and judgment upon the people, this honor have all the saints. Well, the saints are the ones sanctified, holy, not just a newborn believer, not little children, not young men that have grown up into Jesus, but only fathers that have grown up, grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth. And these fathers are the ones that know him that's from the beginning, as in 1 John 2, 12-14. It is also the apocalyptic sealing of the fathers that are full-grown, sanctified, holy in Revelation 7. These are the ones 
that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Why did he state? There in Luke 18, 8, that when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? What a coming? Is that the advent? The second advent? Or is it the coming, the latter rain? We take a look at Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. Why would he say, come and let us return to the Lord, when we have most of the Christian world stating they know God and they're ready for the rapture, rapture ready at any time the Lord should come. But yet, Hosea is given a cry here. Come and let us return to the Lord. Well, why? He has smitten. He will bind us up. The Lord has smitten us. That is to get our attention in the rod and the staff of God. He hath torn, he will heal us. Why would he do that? Because God uses his rod and his staff there as a chastening rod so that we will not be convicted and condemned with the world, but he chastens us all that he loves so that we will not be condemned with the world. Now, no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. It's getting us to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And it is essential for him to do that in the last days because most are settled on their lees. They're satisfied with what part they have already in the kingdom, not going on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ under perfection. They're satisfied with where they're at. Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus stated, I'll search Jerusalem with candles, punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We must always be stirred up, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the reason Jesus stated that don't be weary in well-doing. And it's certainly in your prayer life. And he uses that unjust judge with that woman's infertility that finally where the unjust judge gets up and gives us gives her all that she wants. But then he states, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Will we continue? Will we occupy till he comes? <clears throat> Will we press toward the mark for the prize of that high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Will we continue on, in other words? We'll reap if we faint not. And we are confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work on us will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone knows that. But it'll be a time of trouble such as it's never been, such it was a nation. It'll be a time that iniquity will abound, that the love of many will wax cold. We have to have a made-up mind and receive the word of God in all truth and all things in order to be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7 in order to stand through the last woe, woe, woe trumps 
of God. No trumpets there, the seven angels that sound their trumpets, or woe trumpets. It's not the last trump, or the seventh trump is not the shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, where when that last trump sounds, we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. It's talking about when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Why? Because that coming is stated for us in, in Hosea 6. We have thrown off our faith in the one true God and eternal life. Jesus, a man that has been made a quickening spirit, the only one God, one throne in heaven, being the Lord Jesus Christ himself alone and not a trinity, not a binary, not a tennis, and not a oneness doctrine where the man is not God, but as God in him, standing at the right hand of God, not realizing that Jesus has sat down with the Father in that throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. Well, then what was the reason that Jesus was elevated at the right hand and sit at the right hand of God? That's for us. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 tells us at what Jesus wrought for us when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's for us, the body of Christ. Where Jesus himself overcame and him set, S-E-T, not positional S-I-T, but S-E-T, forever settled, a state of glory, set down with my Father in his throne. That is Revelation 3.21. Though we're talking about the coming of the Lord in that parousia, that coming as in the second uh, latter reign of the Holy Ghost before the second advent. It'll be a time of trouble. It'll be a time uh, of distress upon the nations. It'll be a time that the devil has come down to us having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. And this is where we'll have our flight in the winter and on the Sabbath day in Revelation 12. Two wings of a great eagle will be given to us, the church, where we fly into the wilderness, where we have a place prepared of God, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times abiding of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 square days. The ceiling is essential. And Jesus, because many will run to and fro and say we're increased with goods, with clothes, fed, we have need of nothing, not realizing that we have to press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and the urgency that we have to press onward that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We have to press toward that mark to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man. So when the Son of Man cometh, talks about the last day, full ministry of Jesus, the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. Very few understand that. They think, well, you go to church. You say a sinner's prayer. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Whatever the case is, 
and that's it. And you're going to make heaven, and uh, you'll understand all these things in the sweet by and by. That is a lie of Satan. We are given the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How much things uh, of faith do we have to obtain? We have to grow up into him, in Jesus, in all things, all truth. That faith that was once delivered to the saints. That is the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith of Jesus. To that measure of a perfect man. Just as Jesus stated in Matthew 5, to be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's not a suggestion. And he gave us a five-fold ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. But that work of the ministry is to the fullness and measure of the statue of Jesus in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And they will be the ones that proclaim all the works that we see in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto John for us, the servants of God, the work of the ministry. We have to be established in that tabernacle truth, not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. It's a higher glory. So few, few are hearing the voice of the Lord. So the Lord takes out his rod and he chastens us not to destroy us, but that we will not be condemned with the world, that we are to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus and return to the Lord Jesus Christ in all truth, not partial truth, not stopping halfway through the race and stopping there, but going all the way to the end. So Hosea 6 says, come and let us return to the Lord, the true Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus Christ the true one God, the Jesus only doctrine of Christ. For he hath torn. Why did he do it? Because he's using his chastening rod to get us to conform to his image, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. A perfect, spotless, blameless church that he's coming back for. He hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. We will not be destroyed with the world. But there will be a remnant to keep the commandments of God, a remnant of this present church that will go on and have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And they will proclaim the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, who will hear for this time that is now come upon the earth, or that they were wise, they would, that they would consider or know their latter end. Well, what is it? When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, that speaks of the corporate body of Christ with Jesus ahead, and we're included in the Son of Man, the kingdom office. If you're in the kingdom of God, have Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery of godliness, then you're in the Son of Man. And it speaks to you, to us, 
every individual believer in the body of Christ and the real Jesus. He goes on and says, after the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, which we are in now, he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. What is this coming when the Son of Man comes? Shall he find faith on the earth? What is that coming? Well, he goes on and says in Hosea 6 that if we follow on to know the Lord, don't stop, follow on. Go to the measure of the statue of Jesus. Grow up in him in all things and all truth. In the new wine, making yourself new wineskins. So you'll be vessels meet for the master's use and the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. If we follow on the know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, that morning star. And he will come to us. There's the coming. When the Son of Man cometh, he will come to us. As the rain, the former, that's already happened in Acts, the second chapter. And the latter rain, that's the last great rain of his strength. That is the latter rain, and we are told, ask of you rain in the time of the latter rain. Know that it's coming. Though the Lord will make bright clouds and forth showers to everyone, grass in the field, Zechariah 10, 1. But very few understand that. And that's the reason Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, when there is this latter rain, when's this last great rain of his strength, the work of the ministry, this gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come, fulfilling Jesus' week in a three and a half year, 42 month, time, times and abiding of a time, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry, confirming a, uh, the covenant, Jesus, with many for one week, not a Shavuot, but a heptad, a week of years. And Jesus being cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And there will be a seed that shall be counted for the generation that will uh, fulfill the testimony of Jesus, the revealing of Jesus to all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. We see that in John in the spirit of Elijah in Revelation 10. John was about to write what he heard. The seven thunders uttered their voices. He was about to write. He said, write it not. It's not coming that way. It's coming through the Bibliaridian, the little book. But that little book in the word of God, you have to take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. You have to be stirred up. You have to be vigilant. You have to be diligently seeking the Lord your God with all your heart to take that book out of the angel's hand. John, take the book out of the angel's hand. That little book, that Biblion, that word of God that has been comprised there into a little book where we can eat all of it. But nobody's going to give it to you. You have to take it. And John is told to take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat ye all of it. Not a part of it, not just one verse. Eat all of it. It's the work of the ministry. It's the kingdom uh, of God being preached into all the world. 
or witness in all nations. It's all truth, not partial truth, not Pentecostal truth or seen through a glass darkly. It is all truth in the final season of the fruit harvest of oil and wine. That's the reason why you see under the fifth horse rider, three measures of barley for a penny. That is Passover and leavened bread first fruits. And a measure of wheat for a penny. That is the Pentecost season. But see that you do not hurt through oil and the wine. That's the tabernacle season in the last season of God and the fruit harvest of oil and wine. Don't hurt them because they have come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. They're sealed. You don't hurt those. And that fifth trumpet in Revelation 9, the horde comes out of the bottomless pit, the abyss, Apollyon and Abaddon. And these have locusts, hair like women and tails like scorpions, and they sting. And uh, all the men that have not the seal of God in their forehead. Those are the ones that are tormented for five months, as it was in the days of Noah. The waters prevailed upon the earth for 150 days, which is the same 150 days or five prophetic months. 30 days in a prophetic month, five months, 150 days. That's what we see in Revelation 9. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, when he comes. And those locust horde only hurt those who have not the seal of God in their forehead. And they hurt men for five months. They'll seek death and not find it. It'll be a time that there has never been before. And all these are the judgments of God, and we have to have the seal. So who will hear for the time to come? When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The faith is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. We have to enter into these things in order to be sealed. We can't stay in the status quo. We have to be pressing toward the mark, onward, in Christ Jesus, in all truth and all things that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Well, he states that. After the second hour, I will revive you in the third day. We're in the third day now. He will raise us up and we will live in his sight. Well, that's where we there come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in a perfect mirror image of Jesus. As we see in 2 Corinthians 3, the Lord has shown forth his glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. The face is the glory. So we say, well, that's great. That's Jesus. Yes, goes on, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. What does it reveal? The Lord is that spirit, only one spirit. Jesus Christ is that Lord. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's the law of liberty. Not seen through a glass darkly, but now for us to come to the full measure stature of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man, and that is perfection to the perfecting of the body of Christ because Jesus is coming back for a church without spot and without blemish, perfect in all her ways, a perfect mirror image of himself. Then it tells us there, we all with open face, 
beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Not seen through a glass darkly, not having this glory in part, but the full glory of God, just as Jesus prayed uh, there in John 17, Father, make them one. Give them the same glory that you've given me in the days of his flesh. That same glory give I unto them. That where I am, there they may be also. That is, at the right hand of God, we're made to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So therefore, we have no excuse of why we do not go on unto perfection. For the perfecting of the saints, to that work of the ministry, to the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect mirror image of Jesus. It's a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what we're all called for. But Jesus states, this work is going to happen. But when the Son of Man cometh, that last great reign of his strength, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, Jesus manifests in the earth, in and through the body of Christ, in full glory. Will he find faith on the earth? Who will hear for the time to come? Not the whole church is going into it. The Pentecostals, well, many will say, I'll take the old wine. I don't want to go into the new wine. I like the old store better. And they will not enter in. And that's the reason Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. That faith is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, and keeping the words of the, of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That set a man is the kingdom office, which includes you and me, the body of Christ. God dealing with you. We want you to contact us. God's bringing his body into one right now, of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. We, as the body of Christ, must come together. Not one over lording over another, but literally lifting up one another. Edifying of itself in love, whichever joint supplies through the measure of every part, the measure of faith given to every one. So the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. The hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. God has placed a more abundant honor on the less comely parts. There'd be no chism or division in the body. We need each other for this last great work of the ministry to go forth. And when the Son of Man cometh, that's the kingdom office. It has nothing to do with the flesh. It's the kingdom office, just as we stated there in the word of God, John three thirteen. no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And now the whole body, the whole church, the whole body of Christ is named that name, called by the name, Jesus filling heaven and in earth. There's the son of man. It's the ones that know him that's from the beginning, the fathers, 1 John 2, 12 14. It is the ones that know him that's from the beginning, which is the word that was with God, the world's God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, all things. That's all faith. That's all truth that will be given to the body of Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. That has now been given to the body of Christ through the revelation of Jesus 
the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth. Well, contact me. It's Dennis Spirit Ministries. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, the country code is there on the screen, plus one. Area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. You can email sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. And I'll get back with you there. You can also contact us on dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com as well as our internet site for ministers and believers at jcic.tv where we have instructional videos about this proceeding word of God and the present truth. Well, we pray for everyone in the body of Christ to come unto perfection. God provide that which is lacking in each one of us unto perfection that we all may be presented blameless at his coming both spirit, soul, and body. The coming there in the latter rain will forerun and be before Jesus' second coming in the spirit of Elijah, which will restore all things. And we know that the heavens must receive Jesus. He's not coming back until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, which is all truth in the body of Christ. That's Acts 3, 20 and 21. Well, neighbor, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.